0: Welcome to the Seek Outside podcast. Hey, you, you think
1: that's bad. So you're Ryan on the phone in the office. You like gross <laughs> snacks, and I really fun.
2: Some people are just wired that way. Hey, I'm I'm up on the well. My my party is up on the board for this year. As opposed to you guys, you scrubs over here, no elk down.
0: <laughs> man. It, <laughs> it, no it, animals down. It has been rough, man. It's like every time I've had something I thought was going to work out, it wasn't. I mean, it's not like I used to just buy every tag I could. Mm-hmm. And now I've last couple of years, few years, I haven't felt the need to buy every tag I could. <coughs> yeah. But so I've been more like specific in my things, but this year I'm actually kind of thinking like, man, maybe I should have bought every tag I could. because Maybe get some meat. Well, because the caribou hunt didn't really work, which was supposed to turn into a moose hunt, which didn't really come through either, which turned into a fishing trip that really wasn't that great of a fishing trip. Yep. And so now I went into um, elk scouting over the weekend. Up in Montana. and Up in Montana. And I went to the spot where I had... um, Killed my last bull oh, and it was a very nice 6 by 6 and he was probably bull number 20 or something that I saw that day and the whole thing's been logged it's oh like, really it's like it's like it looks apocalyptic really yeah i was like well oh no <laughs> i was like well this place probably isn't going to be and they're still logging very close to it Really? and, uh, and i don't necessarily think that it Kills it, but the brows and everything is there's just none in there. It's been trashed. Yeah. Did you did you see any elk? I did not see. I, I did not see an elk. Um, not very good for a
2: scouting trip. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't
0: very good, and I didn't even really see any sign either. Really? Um, oh man! But I did find a couple spots that I marked down as I don't hate this spot. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of I we'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah. there's supposed to be some weather coming in so that's going to change some things and we'll see i mean snowy snow snowy snow i've been very fortunate on my last few hunts and i don't want to uh jinx myself but you know it's you know i've been fortunate enough that if i had a little bit of bad luck it wouldn't surprise me yeah
2: you're you're due for the for the downswing on the on the elk graph
0: i probably am no if i can just keep it up on the upswing and keep competitive you know kind of like get into football green bay packers i think they their super bowl window was maybe closed last year
2: same with the broncos yeah we're in the same boat here (laughs) and they
0: both (laughs) they both look like an absolute mess and like they should have just blown up the team last year and started the rebuild yep
2: yeah you know probably should have um speaking of dreary and bleak and depressing let's uh let's get into our podcast topic of the day which is winter camping yeah 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 so uh today we're we're kind of going to cover some uh some topics in terms of that uh have to do with winter camping Got winter number number one don't do it number one don't do cold number two is do you enjoy owen tim do you enjoy shitting in the woods more in the winter or less in the winter because uh, it could go either way.
1: Because there's some positives and some negatives. Less for sure. Less. I'd rather be 100 degrees hot and sweaty pooping in the woods than it's like more of a godly experience. <laughs> like in the winter, you're just like you're scared. Yeah, everything's gone wrong.
0: This is going. This is going so wrong already. Yeah, you, know, you, I mean, you
1: can't. You can't. dig a hole as much. Like in the summer, you can just kick a hole. Or you're good to go.
0: Snow yeah. makes an excellent, excellent. Toilet paper substitute. <laughs> so, it anybody does. who's ca- actually, it doesn't. <laughs> so, so, anybody <laughs> who's in the Colorado River Basin, just know that
1: what's happened to the snow that's made it there. <laughs> um, that's why well, the snow is so red in the spring.
2: Well,
0: there, <laughs> there, is, there is the, uh, you know, don't eat the yellow snow and all that stuff as well. Um, actually, I think uh, winter camping can be an incredibly serene experience. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You don't have it's like, it's not hard to. F- find a spot it's just getting to a spot you know it's not like you're competitive camping like you can be in the summer like mm-hmm. ooh, let's make sure no one's in this basin yeah. you know oh man there's so many people there no that doesn't happen to you in the winter
2: they Have the shuttle to the trailhead yeah. usually yeah you I mean,
1: know i will make it very clear right now i think the worst sport in the entire world is snowshoeing and i think that's why i hate winter camping the most
0: I, I mean like, I'm, I'm I like snowshoe I like snowshoe and I, I, I think that uh breaking trail in about 20 inches of new snow well is kind of, there are some similarities just repeatedly punching yourself in the nuts yeah no, <laughs> um, no it is but I, th- but I think but I think there's a very positive thing in there it's it, there's it really you really get to work on that cardio fitness see I'm a cross country uh, I'm
1: a cross country ski guy because yeah. any any slight down slope is like... Fighting for your life It's an adrenaline <laughs> yeah. rush You don't know You don't know If you can turn You don't know What's going to happen no,
2: yeah You're not turning It's its almost like Mountain biking uh, What is the Red Bull Trail in
1: Utah there Oh uh, r- Riding uh, Virgin Utah Red Bull Rampage Yeah Exactly yeah. But yeah. you're on skis And there's a slight down slope Go down I, I think 2% you need, grade
2: Yeah
0: I think you need To go to garage sales Find the oldest skis And oldest shoes you can Oh yeah Complete with the old poles With the old style baskets Which is Which is how I've traditionally Cross then you need ski. to Okay. And then you need to snowshoe up to some high place and throw on the skis and see what happens I'm just waiting to see I somebody guess... do
1: a cross country ski descent of Everest a descent a
2: descent oh, yeah. well, well I mean
0: you I mean, there, you, <laughs> there, there, there's, a lot, there, there's a lot there's a lot of cloudy, cloudiness there, cause, I mean, there and I'm sure someone on our pod will be an excellent skier and really correct us but you know Alpine Touring and Telemark you know telemark does have a lot of similarities to cross-country skiing it's just upped a lot so if if you can be really good at one you probably probably are fine um you know there's some people that can take those cross-country skis and shitty ass boots and It's, it's those things pretty well it's the lack of
1: the edges that yeah. really is the deadly part. Oh, right? oh!
0: What when you get into like dust and crust? Ooh, that can be. No, like, if
1: you need a turn, you're dead. You landing. fall. Just,
0: yeah, and you then, need a turn and, fall. And yeah. Then, you know, yeah, exactly. You know Reposition would, your ski. You know <laughs> what would work for you is the Alte Hawks because they're kind of a snowshoe um, ski combo with the
1: skin built in. With right? the skin mm. built in,
0: the problem with them is you get on like they're okay. So one of the places that I've skinned up a lot of times with them. They're okay as long as you're in powder. But if you hit where the snowmobiles went, Mm -hmm. those crossed over a little bit, Mm. all of a sudden you are like, whew. and And then, but they're so short that if you try to edge them, and they do have an edge, but if you try to get on an edge to to break yourself at all, you end up just twirling around like a ballerina practically <laughs> and corkscrewing yourself into the snow. A
1: little butter. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's like drifting a Honda Civic versus a big old Ram 3500. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you rip the, the e-brake in the Civic, you probably spun around three times. The Dodge, it takes about six days for you to do a spin. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so let's let's kind of get into the
0: refocus, the meat. guys. Yeah, refocus. refocus yeah.
2: No more Honda Civics. Um, so I kind of want to like one of the big things when you're looking at gear for for winter camping is is our value. Yeah, right. So that's retention value. Kevin, do you want to kind of go into what that is and why it's important?
0: Well, not really, but I will. <laughs> um, now, what you want. Let's go into the things that are going to kind of save your bacon. Are
1: we talking more about like a sleep system or a clothing system? It's going to
0: be into the sleep system, right? But then there's going to be other ways that you can break down systems. So you want, you really want warm bag and warm pad. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to get there all like in one pad. You don't necessarily have to have something six inches thick that has an R value of 25 Or anything like that. And if you want to go total bushcrafty, you can go to like pine boughs and stuff like that. Anyone who watches the show alone, you know, will see like those pine bough style beds and things like that. But probably, and it depends on your temperature, but I would say that, say in Colorado here, um, plan for being capable to around zero for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably work most of the time, like somewhere in that five degree to zero range. Both on the pad, I oftentimes will put a. Let's. You're going to need a bigger backpack if you're just not using a pulk because you're going to have bulkier gear. You're going to have more insulation layers. You're going to have a bigger pad. You're probably going to have a bigger tent. You might have a wood stove. You might have another pad that goes with it. You might have more changes of clothes. You might have something that you're going to have big gloves probably or mittens. Mm. You're going to have some sort of baklava or or some sort of head thing to keep your head warm. Um, one gear tip: I really like sleeping in a fur ruff in the winter, like a fur. It what's it, that? Yeah, just like like you know some of those like those rabbit fur kind of head things mm. or whatever. Um, they kind of come out like this, not as part of the jacket, because I don't like sleeping in a jacket, but it really does a good job of keeping your face warm, even mm-hmm. though it's not directly covering your face. Mm-hmm. But it's like the little fur that's coming out around the edges does enough to stop like the evaporative breeze or something. Mm-hmm. that just. And it's like when it's 80, a five-degree breeze doesn't seem to take anything out of you at all. But when it's five degrees... If someone just goes on your face, man, that's like... Freezing. Freezing, chilling. Oh. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just far more... Um, so, like, I used that, and, and you can also pair sleeping bags together, so you don't necessarily need to run out and get yourself a negative 10 bag or a zero bag, but you can do, and, like, I used in Boundary Waters a few years ago, and it got to negative 8, I think. I used... I think it was a 30-degree quilt inside what was supposed to be a 15-degree bag, but it was probably really a 25-degree bag. Mm. And there's different ways you can look at it. Some people say, we we could deep dive in this a ton, right? The way I look at it is basically additive loft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? as long as there's enough space, like if I got a down bag that has two inches of loft – and I stick in a quilt that has one and a half inches of loft. I got three and a half inches of equivalent loft on top. You know. And if I have enough warmth on the bottom pad that's warm enough, I can combine those. And say, if I was comparing it to a sleeping bag, the full on sleeping bag, it would be similar to a bag that had, say, seven inches of total loft. Mm. And so, and if you take that and then cross reference that's temperature rating. You know, that probably has a temp rating of five or yeah. similar like that. Right. Yeah. So that's one way you don't have to get there all at one. There is some different gear. Vapor barriers. I know Skirka's talked a lot about vapor barriers.
2: What if what is that? What's a vapor barrier?
0: Um, a vapor barrier in, in its simplest form is something that is absolutely not breathable, that doesn't let your moisture escape but mm. it's also kind of where it's usually implemented in winter.
2: It's like a layer of clothing or
0: no, it's usually like it's usually like say a little sack, right? Like a mm. like yeah, a yeah. like a little bivy that you put in your sleeping bag. Okay. And that you slide in there and it keeps your moisture from getting into say your down back. Mm. Cuz what would happen over say if you're camping for 7 or 10 days or some, some longer term your moisture leaves your body in the night, gets into your bag, but it gets frozen in your bag. And, mm. and if it stays cold enough, now if it if you have a couple nice days and it's kind of warm, and you open it up and throw it in the sun, that that'll dry it out and move that moisture through. Yeah, but <clears throat> it will basically keep that moisture in from getting into your bag because if the moisture gets into your bag and it freezes in there consistently, it's going to start degrading your loft. Mm -hmm. because it's extra weight on your feathers, essentially, right, on your down. Now, you can do it in other ways, and I actually have, (laughs) this is a very SO-relevant question. Before we ever started Seek Outside, um, I took one of our prototype teepees, Big Yellow. Big Yeller. Yep, Big Yeller. (laughs) And I went up and camped at Timberline in early spring, And I was maybe 200 feet below, and me and a friend of mine, we were snowboarding and skiing and stuff like that. Um, His feet kept getting cold. And I said, Hey, why don't we try, while we were skiing, I said, Why don't we try a vapor barrier thing on your feet? So I'm not kidding you. I took grocery bags and we put them, didn't add in any socks or anything. And he put grocery bags over his sock, stuck them back in his boots his feet were fine after that. Really? Yeah. And I'd use that trick sometimes um at home too like if your feet get cold so it's sometimes it is more comfortable. I mean you don't normally think <clears throat> of having some cuz I'm I'm a big proponent of moisture movement mm-hmm. like in clothing. I like stuff that takes the moisture away from my skin gets it the hell out outside of a jacket, right? um so you don't normally think of things because i feel that i have a a more that i have a broader comfort range when i feel dry mm-hmm. the same thing is like people in the west can be like oh i wear a fleece down to 35 or whatever and people in the east are like that's freaking cold yeah you know because yeah. it's just different mm-hmm. you know we're in the midwest so but the vapor barrier can be used in kind of specific things as well and it might increase um, your warmth in a surprising way, like in in the socks, in the feet mm-hmm. thing. So yeah. that's the purpose background on it.
2: Well, yeah, no, that's – that's it makes a lot of sense just because, especially when it's cold, the, like, moisture is just going to be your your worst enemy just in terms of anything. If you can do what you can to stay dry, if you're hiking through snow or something like that, you know, make sure you have, like – snow pants on and or even rain pants or whatever because moisture will just mess up your whole day um
0: but uh, and that includes sweat Yeah, and and, and so there's two things that will really screw your day if you're out on a longer term backcountry trip one is getting super sweaty like you don't want to be doing hill repeats and snowshoes on Mm -hmm. a thousand foot hill yeah and not have a change of clothes And to not dry yourself off or Mm -hmm. anything. You will be much colder than you think you will. And the same is, like here we get sometimes super sun. And even though you might have a hat and all this stuff on, the sun will pop up, bounce off the snow, burn your face. I've had that happen um, as well. And you will essentially have gotten a sunburn, even though you were only in the sun for an hour or two. and that You're will only make looking you cold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
1: funny you talk about the moisture barrier because in the winter mountain biking, which it'll be very cold, you know, like trails will be frozen and stuff, mm-hmm. and we don't get too much snow, so usually you can ride. I'll use a latex glove underneath my actual glove to keep mm-hmm. my from freezing mm-hmm. my ass off because yeah. it, my hands are going to get wet, mm-hmm. and they're wet in that glove a little yeah. bit. They're sweaty, right? But when you sweat into your glove, and now your glove's wet, and then you have that air at, i mean you can be moving 30 miles an hour on a bike pretty easy you're like holy cow, yeah like your fingers are frozen you can mm-hmm. hardly move well, it's like a it's like a swamp cooler that's the same
2: yeah. concept there's like you have something wet it's, and it's a push con- air it's through convection it. cooling Yep, yeah. exactly so um and so like layering i feel like i don't know about you guys but when i'm like the colder it gets the more i'm concerned
1: about like as soon as I get hot, I'm taking off, you know, oh, a yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like during, during During second season, like hiking up the big hills in Montana, <laughs> um, a lot of the time I will try and strip down to where I'm like freezing at mm-hmm. the start because nothing sucks more for me, especially if I know I'm going to go camp or I'm going to sit in a meadow mm-hmm. with my rifle and stuff and, and wait for some animals to come through. Nothing sucks more than getting wet for me. And then sitting because it's just miserable. So a lot of times I'll pair like a really nice base layer that moves and wicks a lot of stuff. And that'll be it may be ten degrees and I'll start hiking in that. Because I don't want to even bother with getting sweaty. That's and if long. and if I if I start getting sweaty, I stop hiking. That's um,
0: that's why I favor a lot of the things that really move moisture a lot, yeah. like the base layers that really move it and Um, like the polar tech alphas, Mm -hmm. they move it pretty well. As
1: well, like for me, it's not a big deal in the winter. Like if I go, if I'm just doing a day, you know, a day where I'm going to be moving the whole time, I'm like, oh, I'll sweat. Whatever's going to happen. But if I know I'm going to be in a sleeping bag, or I'm going to ultimately end up staying, sitting, something like that for a bit, I. Try and get as cold as least sweaty as I can because I know how miserable it is. There, to,
0: there, there is a difference, and yeah, like I, you,
1: you get in your sleeping bag with that little sunburn on your face, like you were mm-hmm. talking, and you've been sweaty all day. It doesn't matter what sleeping bag you have; it could be twenty five, and you're in a five degree bag, and you'll be freezing.
0: Yeah, no? yeah. yeah. Now, now, we can we can talk about some strategies around that. But yes, like if I think, I'll, oh, I can go home and hang out in front of the wood stove tonight. I'll be far more aggressive oh yeah than yeah. than if it's like no, it's super cold, and I'm staying out here a few days, like i it might be to like say a hill, maybe I could backpack in with my hunting pack and all my hunting gear, and maybe I could backpack up to my camp in an hour and a half, two hours, I might slow it down to take three hours, yeah yeah, if it's cold yeah
1: and that yeah. that that's what happens a lot when I mean that hill that we were talking about before the podcast, yeah. Um, going up that when it when it's cold like if it's first season not a big deal to me it's not that messed up but second or third like it's like I will walk ten steps and stop yeah. for thirty five well, seconds forty seconds like yeah. my my yep. big, my biggest concern is breaking a sweat
3: yep
0: I, and the I mantra
1: agree. is stay cool to stay warm yeah you know, that's like that's the <laughs> famous saying
2: around layering and stuff like that you got to stay cool to stay warm because if you are staying cool while you're moving then once you stop, you're going to be warm because yeah. there's no moisture within your, right. your clothing. And stuff yeah, and like you that.
0: just throw on another layer. And I, mm-hmm. I also have a tendency <clears throat> to focus my insulation really onto my core spot. Like probably the last five years, I have used about three pieces up until about November. Um, and plus a rain jacket or rain shell of some sort. And one is some sort of, thing that moves a lot of moisture, mm-hmm. um, another is an active insulation, and then I'll use like a little synthetic puffy vest or a little puffy vest, but i haven't even I've been like out not even carrying a puffy jacket yeah. a lot of times up until about November. Mm-hmm. I so just don't really and I do find that granted, if I was sleeping in a tent that didn't have a stove, um then the puffy jacket would definitely make the trip yeah but i find that i will often just move to you know by the time i get back to camp and it's starting to get chilly i can have a stove going and i just don't need that extra layer of insulation here here's yeah.
1: a here's a funny situation that happened to me this weekend <laughs> is i went up uh to an area it was like ten thousand five hundred feet. feet it it's very cold and i was fishing and i was fishing off my motorcycle and the trail we did was about 10 miles to get to one of these lakes and it was incredibly rough. Like you wouldn't think a motorcycle, you'd break a sweat, but like when you're moving a three hundred pound bike, you're oh, you yeah. start sweating. And so I'm going in. Is that it, what
0: the? Is that what your uh, suspension bike weighs? Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, the mo- yeah, the motor's big, pig, dude. It's heavy. But yeah, we're going down. It's all down to where we were going. Yeah. And uh, I'm wearing my jacket and all my layers. And I'm I'm nice and warm. I feel good. I'm dry. And we do the 10 miles. You know, I get a little warm, but I don't really sweat too much. And we get there. And I'm in a t-shirt, you know, like pretty happy. And it's probably about 42, you know. It's not warm. The sun's out, but it's nice, you know. And then on the way back, it's all uphill. And you're working the bike way more. And I have all that gear on because I didn't have a place to put it. And after the 10 miles, I'm wet, wet, completely wet. We stop at this lodge, get a beer, and, you know, I dry off a little bit inside, but get back on, and my gear's still a little wet, and we had a 30-mile ride back to camp. Well, in that 30 miles, when you have that 30-mile-an-hour breeze and stuff, mm-hmm. I have never been that cold in my entire oh, yeah. life because I sweat on my, in my pants. I sweat in my jacket. I sweat in, all, in my helmet, too, and just the convection cooling that we had. Like, I got back to camp. Freezing. Like it was probably forty degrees. I was freezing. I thought I was gonna die. And start the fire in the wood stove, get in my sleeping bag, like still just freezing. Like you can once it starts to get around thirty two degrees, like freezing temps, you cannot I don't think you can really come back from a sweat like that without rinsing it off. Now now people
0: Uh, now people do say that a lot of times and this we're not trying to be seek outside marketeers. But they do say a lot of times the stove is a game changer or lifesaver. And when you get that cold, it is, oh it, yeah, it, it's a total game changer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it changes your perspective. It you you get in there and it usually heats a tent up pretty quickly. Yeah, and you kind of turn that frown upside down. Yeah, pretty fast. And and the heat kind of dries you out as well. Yeah. especially yeah. if you got a little bit of water and a wipe or. You know something like that to kind of wipe your so- some of the sweat off, mm-hmm. you know it can it can take what literally you're like this is one of the shittiest, suckiest things ever yeah. well, and change it
2: yeah I mean it's been I know one circumstance where our our the, running the stove in a tent was a lifesaver because there's uh, two guys um, that we've actually had on the podcast before, um, but they were they were they got an elk in idaho and they ended up like you know they're packing out so they're like super sweaty it's it's cold the you know snowing wet snow get all wet and then you know they end up taking a wrong turn getting back to camp in the super dark and you know what saved them what got them back was having the wood stove and being able to you know warm up and dry your stuff off like that's oh, yeah. the big thing is being i, able to I, I, I almost
0: off. took a wrong turn a few days ago out in the woods, I went out for a a grouse hunt with my trad bow just for fun, kind of late in the evening, and I just picked a direction in the woods that looked good. I didn't mark my waypoint or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm normally, especially in my area, I'm normally so good about knowing every freaking place that I've been at. Mm-hmm. And I also am really good at using, looking at mountains and being like, I need to, go this way. Mm -hmm. But I went for quite a while and I was like, ooh, how do I uh, I need to turn around and go back towards my car now. And I was like, what way would would that be exactly? You know, I mean, I'm not actually seeing any mountains in this forest. I see some hills which are blocking my view. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm, sun's kind of going down. I was like, this would be kind of embarrassing if I get myself a little pickle out here. I'm supposed to be like one of a pretty good outdoorsman that owns an <laughs> outdoor business. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, I think this ridge, this little hill over here, I think this is a hill I've hunted elk on before. But I'm not positive, but I think. And I can kind of make out like where the sun is setting, so that's going to be – West, which is going to orient me north and south and this like this. I'm going to go this way. I think I might run into something, but if I don't, this is going to this is going to be kind of embarrassing for me, you know. And I I don't know if I had a headlamp. Turns out I did have a headlamp, but I didn't even know that I had the headlamp because Mm -hmm. I just grabbed the pack. I just grabbed the Wilson that I've been using so much all summer, and so I was walking and walking. And it turned out I was yeah i was right that hill was a hill that i'd hunted elk on before um but it it was relatively nondescript yeah you know and i got and finally i hit this forest service road and i was like okay i hope it's this way and i was like holy shit i'm a long ways from my car yeah you know but Mm -hmm. i made it but i was but i also was like i feel kind of embarrassed and it's getting kind of dark and kind of cold and i'm kind of unprepared it was it was was like gilligan's isle a little three-hour tour but there wasn't no storm or anything you know so it's
1: it's kind of it's kind of funny growing up you know in where we where we live yeah so used to landmarks you know like i there's a while where i wanted to move to washington and i was like you know you go there and you're like i don't know oh, there's where no i landmarks. am who i am it's just another tree it, there's yeah. just yeah there's th- there's thousands of foot of mountains there but you just there's a tree and you're like well i mean i i have no idea where i'm at versus yeah. like out here it's so open and there's just giant landmarks you're like my car was by that one yeah. <laughs> you know you're like so easy but once you get in those trees man you get lost which is like i yeah. i have big props for the people in the east with all those trees how they move around.
0: So now let's, let's, there's something I've wanted to bring up a few times, but it hasn't been brought up, but we've brought up that like no bag is going to keep you warm or whatever, you know, say you did overexert yourself or you busted through some ice or something. You got yourself really cold and maybe you do have a stove. Mm -hmm. Um, But Maybe you really need to get yourself warm in a hurry beyond, I mean, you just got to get in a bag, sleeping bag, and probably if you're a little wet, might be even getting in a sleeping bag kind of naked. You know, you can, the Nalgene bottle, heating up a Nalgene bottle with boiling water and sticking it in your bag can extremely raise the temp, of that bag. Because it's important if you think at it from a fundamental thing. Bags don't create heat. Yeah. You are the furnace. Yeah. The bag is just an Inca- insulator. And yeah, in capturing it, right? it, it, it. You know, keeping that heat in, but mm-hmm. you're the furnace. Yeah. And if your furnace is damaged or broken, or you're just really cold and you need a really hot furnace, the Nalgene's will give off a couple hours of probably raising my guess i did some testing with remote thermometers and hot water and stuff like that and you know 15 10 degree weather and what i found was they would seem to boost 30 or 40 degrees yeah probably i
3: i
1: i've done that trick a few times it does work i will say as a counter to that
0: it's only good for a couple hours
1: it is only good for a couple hours but if you can get yourself dry and warm in a couple hours that's great but the other thing is like just being very cautious because when it is cold outside, that bottle can still freeze. Mm-hmm. Especially like if you're in a big sleeping bag and it's at the bottom of your toes or something like, where maybe there's not as much heat going on, it can freeze. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to have that thing full in oh, that yeah. in that, that scenario because if the, if water breaks in your sleeping bag, you're dead. Yeah. In yeah. in a scenario where it would be. Yeah. Able so to you want to
0: fill it up seven eighths. Now yeah. people also sometimes say, "Well, throw some hand warmers in." Hand warmers will give you a tiny bump, but it is so minuscule by comparison. Even the
2: sleeping bag warmers, like they're really not that, I I don't know, maybe it's just because they, you know, in a sleeping bag, you're not getting that much air. And I think a lot of those are air oxygen activated. And
0: you can kind of, you can kind of temper the Nalgene as well. Like you can throw, if you have an extra pair of socks, Uh put socks over it, which creates a little bit of an insulator, Mm -hmm. which makes its release a little slower. Mm Mm-hmm you know if it's making you too warm yeah. and in the backcountry 2 hours of good quality sleep certainly beats zero Yeah, freezing your ass off. Oh yeah.
2: Light. Well but the other thing that you got to be cautious of with the nalgene is they can melt too. Exactly. Like, yeah. You you got to kind of like toe that line yeah, of like it, not getting it like you can't just pour it straight out of the jet boil boiling boiling like water absurd, yeah yeah you gotta you gotta kind of let it cool down for a second and then pour it in a, otherwise you know you're in the same exact predicament. Well, what as what you what you're
1: looking for is to to find comfort and safety, obviously, but you're also like it is a risk no matter what if you put water inside. It,
0: it, there, there is some risk there, although. But, it, but if, it, if, if if you're it, smart
1: it, and cautious about it. It's a very effective if trick. You
0: had, If you had like this double Ziploc bag, you could put your Nalgene in a gallon Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and wrap that around. That yeah. helps mitigate the risk a little bit. Yeah. Let's also get another, while we're tagging on to winter camping topics, your pocket rocket is not always going to work very well when it gets cold. Yeah. I'll put, put it in your zip oh, bag for sure yeah yeah by your toes yeah Yeah, but the the, fuel Yeah, fuel cans get cold like if
1: if you're looking for a morning
2: coffee put it by your toes lighters lighters are the exact same way i mean once they get cold it's like you gotta kind of you gotta blow on them you know to get them to
0: work ultralight solutions like an alcohol stove at altitude and 20 degrees they suck Yeah. yeah you know so don't be like oh i'm gonna just carry this and i'll outsmart everyone no you'll be up there in 20 degrees and being like well this was a dumb idea yeah you know not like The MSR um, reactor is a pretty good winter stove. Mm. Um, But really, I think it comes down to, like, inverted fuel. Um, I think
1: think that's a great topic to actually go back on, is not everybody's going to have a stove in their tent. We fortunately do. And fire is generally pretty reliable. But if you are using a jet boil MSR, you know, type thing to cook food, make your morning coffee... Um, you're gonna be using more fuel
3: mm-hmm.
1: because it's cold and so like planning for that is a very good idea and then keeping it in your sleeping bag because it's just less efficient when it, it's no matter what it's less efficient when it's cold it's <clears throat> and you're gonna use more fuel because fuel, you're taking something from basically freezing or if you're melting snow you're taking ice and trying to turn it into water it's kind of funny i had you know, the, everybody's probably had this stove. The Coleman stove, two burners. Mm-hmm. You just put that propane on it. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I love it. Like for car camping and stuff like I was doing this weekend, I love it. But it was 26 degrees in the morning. I was trying to heat up coffee on it. Impossible. You know, the whole bottle's frozen over. Like
0: yeah. Oh, I had, a, I had an elk hunt maybe four or five years ago um, that I took a camper to. You yeah. know, like, a, like an RV, like a camper. Yes, mm-hmm. I own a tent company. I was planning to backpack in, <laughs> um, but but I also knew I had zero help. Yeah. So I took a camper and parked it down, sort of near the trailhead, and I was like, an elk pack out might be a couple day thing with me, you know. Yeah. And it'll be nice to be able to get a shower or get warmed up after the first day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it actually turned out that I. Killed an elk about a half mile from the road. So it was a, a moot point. But the camper's propane didn't work. At altitude mm. and at 20 degrees, really? I actually would have been much better off in one of our tents. Because you're going to make yeah. a fire. Because I could make a fire and <laughs> yeah. I could throw in like logs that would burn a long time, big logs, use like a big mama, yeah. or throw in some oak or hickory or something like that. It Literally, the propane stopped working in the camper, there was like some sort of high altitude kit it apparently needed that combined with the cold made the camper like where I would have been. I literally, if I would have been there one more day, I would have unpacked, even if I knew like, oh, I could kill a elk with walking from my camp, you know, I would have literally unpacked my tent and slept in my mm. tent with a red really? stove. Yeah. yeah. You know, which was a Dyneema Cimarron with a U turn there because it would have been warmer.
2: Would have been warmer. Well, and the other thing is, like, a lot of people talk about, like, ditching the, um, you know, or I guess I should say, um, when people are talking about, like, burning, um, you know, not taking a water filter or something and just burning snow, um, the... That takes a long time and people don't realize. If you have a stove, you can put that on there and and you can just let it chill while you're warming up and then you can boil your water for the next day.
0: So there's been a couple times I I can talk to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think we should also really quick mention that water filters can freeze up as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you might want to have a sleeping bag or something to toss it in or make sure that – Like your cartridge won't break if it freezes, or really make sure all water is out of whatever filter you're using. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reactor does a pretty good job in the snow. Like I used to hunt late season stuff and use the reactor as my water method. Mm. Like if I was hunting later season, I knew there was snow in the the reactor. The
1: the reactor one's the windproof, like the one that used to just boil water in like 30 seconds right yeah 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 yeah,
0: it, it used to like in a minute and a half two minutes now i think it was three years ago maybe four nathan and i packed in um we got up to camp just as it was getting dark um we set up our camp it was a red cliff we set up our stove we went to go find the water and we knew where there was this little seep and we couldn't find it. It was dark mm. and there was snow. And I mean there there isn't a trail to it or anything anyway. The, the one on uh, the one on the backside of Montana. Yes. The one in British Columbia. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, you know, it was we couldn't find it. So we had like no water and we ended up sitting around with our wood stove, you know, like, well, I guess this is our water solution here and we just for about, stayed up later than we wanted, stayed up about two hours or so mm. and just kept melting water yeah, and okay. melting water and then we're like, tomorrow? And Nathan actually got an elk like first thing in the morning mm. and when he got elk, I was like, okay, I'm going to go over, it's light now, I'm going to do a big water haul, mm. you know, and, yeah. and bring it up. But it was, it, that was one of the things that you can melt the water on the wood stove you can melt water or melt snow. You can do a lot of things, but sometimes, like your thing of where the water is, even changes yeah. like oh, your, your perspective of it. Yeah.
2: I, I think the the main thing with winter camping is everything uh, can can be um, blown up. You know, the slightest issue can be. Yeah expanded into a big time issue, you know, like with a, with a water filter literally expands and, and breaks, right. Or, you know, you get cold like that, that will, um, make everything so much harder, right. You, you get cold, you're trying to, you know, light your lighter. Sometimes you can't even light your lighter because your fingers are so numb, right. So, so just like with winter camping, you got to be so much more on point. And I think, you know, it's kind of like we, what we were talking about in the choosing your, your camp spot podcast um which you can listen to that was a couple episodes back um but you know just just temper everything you're not you're probably not wanting to hike six miles back in there uh when it's going to be you know the highs of 30
1: degrees right yeah you gotta, you gotta you gotta kind of assess your situation yeah for sure unless you're going with
2: maybe a lot of people right because yeah. that that can also be a, a or benefit. you're or
0: you're on a snow be like if, if you have a quick way
1: yeah. to get back to a car that has a heater or,
2: or, you're,
0: not a big or deal. you're just very accomplished and very confident yeah in what you're doing yeah. like i mean there's people that you know this isn't really that extreme in the grand thing of grand scheme of it i mean people have done 14ers in the winter yeah some of them are pretty remote but if you're confident uh, getting back into the Weminuche on skis in the middle of winter mm-hmm. to do some remote 14ers back there, hey, man, that's cool. Yeah. Um. But you have to be confident in your abilities mm-hmm. to get in and out yeah. and, and, and execute it quickly. I mean, you can do things like if you get into the survival thing, you can get into like, well, you can always do a snow cave. Mm-hmm. You can always do certain things, right? But the reality is it's not really for everybody. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and like, you know, if you've done K2, well, first off, you probably shouldn't be listening to us for advice <laughs> on, <laughs> <Yeah>. on backer <back-country laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. Right. But right. if you've done K2, you know, you you probably hey, have they can, they a lot can get more a guide. Than somebody they can else. get a
0: guide. Just the same. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, another thing, um, tent staking Oh yeah, um, yes.
1: We've have, we've have we we have a few good YouTube videos on that. Let's check we, out. We do,
0: mm-hmm. and I mean, you and I like went out a couple of years ago, and we did a test. Yeah, and it was like powder sugar. It was like cotton candy snow, three feet deep. But you could still anchor with a good dead man. Yeah, pretty darn well. At least
1: at least for like, because we did a courthouse video similar about winter camping, and we were using twisted stakes as dead man's on the guy out. And they were working pretty well, but that early season snow we get is so dry and so fluffy like until about February March, you are not staking in anything
0: yeah you're, you're yeah. Almost i I, I dead usually man. look at about February is about the time that you start to get enough consolidation freeze thaw to, too to, yeah to to really do much with it because sometimes it's just it's just cotton candy, you mm-hmm. know just a pow yeah. man.
1: The, the gnarly pow-pow. The pow-pow. Yeah. I mean, my, so, my, my my big takeaway with with winter camping is uh, just being, being number one, prepared. Number two, understanding that most of your shit ain't going to work. And if you sweat, it's going to work way less. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because I haven't gone actively like dead of winter, like no, January.
0: No, you can get into, in all fairness, you can also – Like, say, let's take the Grand Mesa. That would be more similar to, like, the Boundary Waters in topography, right? On the Grand Mesa, you can take, like, a ski pole, Mm -hmm. and you can really load up gear. Pretty easily. Pretty easily. You can carry a little day pack in there. And you can – and we did this in Montana, oh, man, probably close to 10 years ago. We did a trip in February. We took a 12-man in. Um, the snow was shit for consolidation. We had to dig the ground, but it was only about 18 inches. Hmm. Um, but we had a 12-man. We had a stove. We ate elk fajitas. We had uh, cinnamon rolls in like a Dutch oven style. We had more alcohol than anyone had a right <laughs> to. Um, there, there was so much. I think we had three surprise bottles of whiskey. <laughs> Um, you know, we had, um, yeah, which made me, this is another tip, very important if you're winter camping as a group, this made me make everyone declare their alcohol at the trailhead before you go in, (laughs) because we got back quite a few miles and we found out that not only did we have like a case of beer or two and a known bottle, Mm -hmm. but we had, like everyone was like stashing their own bottle that they weren't telling anyone yeah. that they wanted to share uh. and be like, look guys, I brought us in this really good bottle of whiskey. So we ended up back in the back country of Montana, about six seven miles from the trailhead. We just we were so oh, freaking drunk. <laughs> I mean, we were stumbling around and just uh, you know we're like we don't want to carry all this alcohol yeah. out. So yeah. Well,
2: luckily, it's Montana, so it has uh, it's a lower elevation yeah. in Colorado. So in Montana, you can bring more alcohol yeah. on yeah. your backcountry trip. Exactly. That's Dan-a-dare, the good thing about Dan-a-dare
0: Montana. Dan and Ed Tinnich, are you listening? I'm recounting, and Wes as well, I'm recounting our experiences. Nice.
1: That, is, that yeah. is actually the nice thing about winter camping too, though, is it's kind of – it can sometimes be more fun I, it because, can. because you, you
0: can take cocoa out the wazoo. Oh, yeah. just, throw bo- just throw whiskey just throw whiskey. Well, and you uh, end yeah. up you
1: end up being in the tent just you know, at least in in our gear. You end up being in the tent, you know, stoking a fire, drinking alcohol with your buddies and you can bring like you said cinnamon rolls you can like because if you have a ski pole who cares like yeah. you just yeah. bring whatever you want You're in the tent
2: 12 hours a day yeah exactly like, like, you like, might as well just have
1: fun yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can have and and you can carve. Hell, take
0: a thing of cigars and yeah you know you, you just, can carve you
1: can carve benches out you yeah. can make yeah. like yeah you, make you can furniture. make a home yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah you get yeah luke and i we've got real creative making furniture before and stuff so you can, you can make furniture. you can make Sculptures, if you want. Um, if you have a shovel and you're smart, you can even set up your camp close to some sort of a forest service bathroom, which you can Ooh. shovel out, and then you don't have to worry about the uh
1: the the first thing that we started talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: that's
1: a funny exp- full circle. That's a funny experience because this weekend I had a motorcycle, and it was very cold. Like if you ride in the morning, it's so cold mm-hmm. you're freezing, no matter what. Like I have these big, thick leather gloves, all this stuff. Um, and I was like, man, I know I'm near campgrounds. And I'd go to a campground. And the campground would be closed. And the bathrooms would be closed. And so I'd like, you know, you're on a motorcycle. You can sneak it in there, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> you can sneak it in there because it's so small, right? It's not wide. And you get to the to the campground bathroom, locked. And then I'd like ride another like five miles somewhere else. and be like, oh, man, I can just take a shit here. Locked. Locked. All of them were locked.
0: So I don't know. Well, don't- you could actually take some cordage and a toilet seat and make yourself a little s- swing shitter <laughs>
2: a swing shitter. man if, 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 if i if
0: i'm ever hiking in the remote woods and there's
1: just a toilet suite sh- uh, seat swinging from from fucking atwood rope i know who did it
2: <laughs> that would actually be pretty sweet man I be... Think that be we should do that you know 20.
0: i I, went, I i went i went on a I don't. I don't want to take this. I, I, I really don't want to take this podcast and throw it in the toilet, right? <laughs> I, I don't. But that's kind of where I was. I was hiking up somewhere the other day, and I was having myself a good Kevin. Kevin, good time, right? Yeah. Uh. And I swear to God, I don't want to. I don't want to take this whole conversation and throw it in the shitter. But the first thing I thought was. I have taken so many craps in this section of the woods.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> You've accounted for like 40% of the mushrooms in that area. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I've been there. It, it's an area that I've hunted frequently, mm. you know, and I've camped somewhere within about a half mile and there's a lot of deadfall. And I was just kind of like, you know, I have crapped here so often. I mean pause. Sorry. but We, we can explain that.
1: No. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm going into. You could technically plan out the most beautiful thing. You could hunt early season archery when it's wet in a good Colorado year, and you can mark where you shit, and you can probably grow some mushrooms, and then you can take them and dry them out on the stove. I'm just saying... <laughs> It's like, it's full that's the natural life. life. Yeah, you circle can drive out, then you take them, and then you go poop somewhere else again, and just every
0: year. <laughs> you know, I have noticed that, like, for me at least, um, morels have a tendency to be closer to game trails. Yeah. So, I think there is some sort of spore movement. Maybe it's in their hooves or whatever. Anyway, we should... Stop talking about defecating. It's probably...
2: Defecating and fungi. Yeah. It's wherever uh, you every see guys <laughs> on podcast. Uh, have,
0: have we got any more tips on uh, the, the winter stuff? Any more tips? Uh, I mean, I think
2: layering is a big thing, right? Layering is going to be your best friend and, and how to use layering. Proper layering. Glove, prefer- yep.
0: Glove preference. Ooh. You
1: know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take you there. I used to snowboard a lot. And... By golly, you're tightening your bindings and stuff. You want a full five-finger glove. But you know it's not warm? A five-finger glove, no matter yeah. what. No, um, no,
0: it's fundamentally, it's fundamentally has too much surface area to hold in any no. heat. Yep. A,
1: a mitten for me, and I do not like mittens. You can't do anything in a mitten. But a mitten is superior to everything else. A
0: mitten and a liner. Yep. A liner. That, that's kind of where I'm at, a liner and a mitten. It I do like
1: those first light
2: gloves, it, uh, though. Like especially yeah. dealing with the stove because they got the the ones leather. Weird. So uh, the kiln, I, I like those. I, I, I like
0: some leather gloves, and I used to actually. Look, they don't sell them at the the Conoco by our house anymore. But I used to buy those crappy old wool gloves that were just kind of yeah. for whatever reason. They actually
1: work. They seem keep you warm, relatively yeah. warm. Yeah. Let me raise you this. Here's a question. You're going winter camping. We're on the topic of frozen hands. U-turn or standard stove? For me, standard every standard. day. Standard Every day. And that's because a good point. That's a good point. The U-turn when it's kind of cold, but it's not life-threatening, not that bad. But when it could get to a point where you're like, I need a stove very fast.
0: Yeah, if I need a stove. Standard stove. stove. I, I, think
1: <coughs> I also think that's part of why
2: people think that the U-turn is a lot harder to set up. I think they set it up the first time that they take it out. It's really cold hands. Cold hands. They're trying to mess with it. That's yeah.
1: just impossible. Yeah.
0: If you have a good process, the U turn's pretty easy. So, Ooh, yeah. Another, yeah.
1: Another tip. Yeah. Another tip I'll throw in. Just like, you know, your lighters with the butane, your, your, your MSR, jet boil, all that it's stuff. It's not
0: a bad idea to have a secondary weight or third. Way to light a fire
1: but i was gonna bring it to the point where batteries right because mm-hmm. a lot of us yep. may carry some kind of sos garmin system or whatever mm-hmm. what do you use yeah spot spot you know some kind of system Oh, wow, years behind. yeah us. yeah you're pretty old <laughs> uh, have yeah. you, haven't it's, you seen it's the, a gen 3 have you 3. seen have you
0: seen the new garmin messenger thing that it, it looks like it flips between networks and stuff. So oh, it can, no, you can use satellite, or if you're on some sort of phone network. Oh I don't damn, I haven't looked in. People seem to be thinking that saying that it's like the new like cat's ass or whatever. You know, it's pretty awesome. You know, the little mini has done me pretty well. Um, so but, I'm probably not moving well, off. Of
1: where I, where I was going with that is your phone or your GPS system or even your battery pack. Don't last as long. Don't last as long. And what I end up doing is putting it in my sleeping bag.
2: Yeah. Uh, Same same thing again. I do that even in the summer. I
0: I end up with a lot of things. Even like, and I mean, there's winter camping. There's now winter. Like, even our caribou hunt last year, uh, I wouldn't consider it winter camping. We didn't even have any snow, but it was around freezing and it never really got much above it. Yeah. I mean, I ended up, you know, I ended up sleeping with, you know, things in my sleeping bag, trying to keep them warm maybe a little bit of water i mean at least you got some water you know you don't want it to get frozen on you
1: well there was that time where i had maybe had one too many in alaska and i woke up very early in the morning and i had gone outside and i was very thirsty very very thirsty and my water bottle was completely frozen Mm-hmm. And that that is that is one of the worst things you can do to yourself. No <laughs> water. You're just like, water. Yeah,
3: so you,
0: water. Can, you can put electrolytes in bottles to lower them a little bit. Oh, like,
1: as, a, like a wilderness athlete type thing? Or?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will lower their freezing point a little bit. I used to do that like on ski stuff. Like if I would go out, like say, just skiing during the day on a backcountry tour, and Mm. it was never going to be above 10 degrees or whatever, um, throw some sort of electrolytes in it. Although I did have time hunting that I pulled that trick, and it was freaking cold hunting, and I think I just had a Gatorade. And I was was car camped in an eight-man with a wood stove. Um, I hiked up to my spot from the car camp in the morning, and I got up to my spot, cold, just, I mean... F word, multiple times, cold. And I pull out my water and – or my Gatorade. It was just frozen. And then, this is another tip, winter thing: The lids of different types of things. Mm -hmm. The one I find that is probably most suitable for winter is that type that kind of suctions in and has the Mm -hmm. little clamp over it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because any of the twist ones or any of the more complicated ones – they can get frozen yeah. on you as well.
1: I, th- I honestly, I think the Nalgene because of the amount of space in the threads does pretty well. For you for, might, yeah, have, open, you might uh, have to
0: beat it a little, and you might have to keep it warm.
1: But but for open it like compared to like something like if you take a smart water bottle with those smaller threads, it's going to be a pain, and you don't have any grip. You're you know you're gripping this yeah, that's a good this point. tiny yeah. cap. But yeah. on a bigger Nalgene like those forty eight ounce Nalgene that I usually use, that seems to be the best like in between yeah on well,
2: the smart water bottle like that plastic it'll
1: oh it'll gets rupture brittle, way easier gets yeah. brittle when
2: it's cold it'll it'll crack super easily yeah mm-hmm. no. whereas an algae is pretty tough so
0: yep and also this isn't this is, this is more winter hunting based but late season hunt um a friend of mine that i talked to the other day we were hunting it was 15 degrees blowing about 30 miles an hour just blowing snow and we were stalking some elk. and We got in position. We were about 40 yards from him. He got down for a shot. And the snow had frozen up behind his trigger. Oh, shit. And sure. he mm-hmm. couldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And I'm like, why aren't you shooting? I know. And, and, and then the elk started <laughs> to get up. And I got my call out open to just stop them for a second and my call goes <laughs> <"Rargh!"> yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And and like, oh. call
1: there. another good winner thing is the little mini condom or balloon over your barrel tip yeah, yeah. yeah. and scope covers mm-hmm. holy cow and if you can i don't know if there's actually a way to do it but i think you can treat glass with anti-fog stuff because when you take condensation is an indifference of two temperatures yes yeah. right um and it's 15 degrees outside and, and you lay down and you're spotting your elk you take your scope cover off your scope cover is 15 degrees
0: just a little bit of breath and then and, and you can't see anything like yeah.
1: you, you breathe and you're usually trying like at least for me when i shoot uh, i used to shoot a lot longer range too you take those big and then you exhale really slow. You almost have you know, to breathe in a, a different direction. Yeah, you yeah. Almost, like you almost have to point your lips to, to yeah. breathe somewhere else. And sometimes when it's when it's moist or, or cold outside, a storm's coming. You can't. You it's going to fog up your scope no matter well, what.
2: Yeah, sometimes even the warmth from your face will fog yeah. it up if it's cold enough. Mm-hmm. So
1: anti fogs in a in a hunting scenario, whether it be your binos, your scope, whatever you're using, anti fogs are huge. Like because when we were in Alaska, I mean. I didn't have a fog issue on my optics. What I had was the fog was so bad, I couldn't range find through it. Mm. Like, like, the fog was so thick, I couldn't, like, my rangefinder couldn't pull anything. You can hardly see anything through your scope. And it was so wet that my scope was just wet, and I couldn't really see through it. But then, like, late season in Colorado, Montana, wherever you are in the West, where it's really cold, but you're warm, there's a big indifference in temperatures. Man, that you can fog up your stuff and it doesn't unfog really like what are you going to do take your outer layer that you're protecting yourself from the wind and stuff that doesn't really absorb (laughs) water and rub it on there you're just going to smear it up so yeah so some kind of solution like that is huge i think that's a a good one for sure
0: yeah no i agree on that um what other um always check your energy stuff um one time i was hunting late season and i went in I got. I, it was. I was real aggressive that day. I was kind of going in deep. Like, I knew a big storm was coming in, and I was going to be pretty much snowed out the next day. And I'm like, I'm going to find me an elk today, and I'm going to get this stuff done. I went in probably six or seven miles. I was in some real <laughs> steep country. Had a five hour energy in my pack, and I popped it out. It was empty. It empty. Was, it had never been opened. There was no five-hour energy in it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) It it was just an empty... I mean, I I removed the wrapper and everything. It was just a mistake in manufacturing. Oh. Uh, I opened it, and I'm like...
2: I thought you were saying it had something to do with the cold. I was like, what the...
0: No, it was just empty. Yeah. And I was like... Wow, I got myself way back here, and part of my plan was that I was going to jack myself up yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, to, yeah. and be super aggressive today. Start doing some Wim Hof then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the trick there. I, th- I, think, I think we should end this on a good note of when it's cold, everybody loves a chicken noodle soup or something, right? What are your three? Every, everybody go around. Hit me with a quick three favorite you're freezing your ass off what's going to give you your, your give you a smile back in the food department
0: yeah um, i don't know can hot chocolate and whiskey be considered food? <laughs> no no
1: you totally anything anything that's going to bring you back i mean let's say you got to eat at noon Right, so maybe the whiskey yeah. isn't your best bet, but let's say it's a oh, noon. That's like oh, an let's just, 8 a.m. bet. <laughs> just give <laughs> one, it just
2: depends
0: on the hunt. Depends one, on the hunt. That Montana one was an 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: one meal with like a you know, if if you want to add a drink,
0: I don't know. That chicken noodle soup certainly sounds pretty, pretty, pretty uh, yeah. Good. I yeah I mean, like, Campbell's, the,
2: now, like a can of soup, or what do you, what do you know?
0: Yeah, some sort of you know what. I'm I'm fairly fortunate because I bought a home freeze dryer this year, and so I can actually take Angie's chicken noodle soup and freeze it. Which is dry so it. good! And it's absolutely phenomenal, and it's, it's one of the best and, things. And, and and it actually <laughs> or the chicken and dumplings, yeah, oh my and God. it just rehydrates super well for yeah. that too. Um, but if I didn't have that, and I was dealing with everything else, I would actually say that one of those Lono Life bone broths. Um, mm. would go quite a ways with me. In fact, the uh, the Escalante pack rafting trip I did with Lee and Bill, um, we literally had a thing of freeze-dried chicken about this big, and I had a bunch of those Lono Lifes. And for dinner, it literally was like make a Lono Life, the Thai curry one, and just throw a bunch of chicken in it. <laughs> and, nice. w- and call it a meal yeah you know? that's that's but, bomb but i do like those longer lives yeah what, what about what about you i
2: don't know man i mean like if you're backpacking i'd, I'd probably take uh although i'm not a huge fan of mountain house i would probably go with the mountain house biscuits and gravy oh my god because it's just like i so was I, I was good, about man. to say
1: either there's there's two that I would do, and it's either, uh,
2: let me just explain this because there's not there's not much of a difference between mountain house biscuits and gravy, and like biscuits and gravy that you'd get at a store at, at like a restaurant. You know what you I know? like to think and, like, of it is the mountain like
1: house that. biscuit and gravy is like a hotel biscuit and gravy. It is, yeah. it is. It's yeah.
2: just so warming
1: and it's rich. Yeah, it's just rich, <laughs> and it's carbohydrates that warm your body up. You're yep. you're stoked. My other one was I love. I forgot what the brand is. They're like almost keto. That one oh. brand that you bought. They're their
0: steak omelet. Oh, they're that the, that uh that that stuff um it's not good to go. Maybe it is good to go. I'm trying to remember the name, but yeah, they're steak. They're, they're they, they bill themselves as more of a keto backpacking meal.
1: But it's really more like a. it's, it's more it's like, more like a paleo type. It, thing. It's
0: more like meat. In veggie, yeah, yeah, with some cheese added, yeah. they also have like the uh, the um, and, chicken wing style one yeah. too. And you which- can you
1: can overdo you can overdo the steak and omelet if you put too much water in, and it's terrible. But if you do it just right, that that warms you up pretty Bomb nice diggity. oh because you got the cheese and it's all melty yeah. and you got the egg and the yeah. steak and that's pretty good i will say that my thing would be like the alfredo chicken the yeah. chicken alfredo or the or the biscuits and gravy that's yeah. just a staple when something, you're cold
2: yeah something with sauce yeah Lots just of hot
1: sauce. and, Lots and of cheesy and tasty that you get like you just get energy from and it just it goes from you're sad, you're freezing your ass off. Sounds
0: like you guys should just take good. a brick of cheese and put it in aluminum foil and stick it in the stove. You know what's, you know what's another good <laughs> yeah. one?
1: If you do have the stove, having like you have those pre cooked eggs that we've eaten quite a bit in the mountains and the pre cooked bacon with mm-hmm. a tortilla, oh my, and some cheese. Oh my that on the wood stove.
0: Oh, and if you come across girls backpacking, they'll <laughs> think you're like a m- magical cook. Man. They'll be, they'll be yeah. like, This guy's gotta happen? figure like, like, out. Dude, that is. Uh, th- my brother and I were making meals like that in the sawtooth one time. Um, with the with those eggs and uh with the bacon and stuff, and there was like three girls walking through and they were like Wow! Ooh, that that is a, that is a
1: staple that you can put in a sandwich bag and have three or four burritos. You can have a tiny little bag full of the dehydrated eggs. You can have your couple pieces of bacon. Oh no! A no bit I'll of tell juice, you I'll like, tell you
0: how to do this. I did this uh, two hunting seasons ago with Nathan, um, and I'm going to set this back. This is going to have to be it. And so I'm going to tell you folks a story, okay? <laughs> um, so it's going to be like a little. Nighttime, yeah. at night, podcast story. 99. So Nathan and I felt like we were cheating. We were at our standard hunting spot. And these other people came up and they decided to set up camp kind of near us. Mm-hmm. And Nathan and I had a courthouse um, because we were deciding to go big and go comfy and just see how the other half lived. Because normally we take... You and I were up there a couple of weeks before that in a Dyneema Cimarron. With, in that yeah, it with, was with
1: the stove and yeah. pretty minimal yeah. kit.
0: Yeah, we were pretty minimal. Yeah. And so we just decided to go big, go comfy, see what it's like on the other side. So we had the courthouse. We had uh, Big Mama. No, I think we had an SXL. Yeah. Um, we had a bunch of wood prep. Because I remember packing yeah. it out. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then these, uh, this guy comes up with his wife and his girlfriend. And they looked around. They wife looked, and girlfriend. No, Well wife. And, <laughs> wife, wife, wife and balls. His wife uh, and yeah. girlfriend. No, yeah, no. good oh, for him. Oh, good oh, for him. Oh, yeah. Wife and daughter. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Very oh. different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wife and girlfriend is a totally different hunt. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> um, you know,
0: Dude, this guy. Yeah. This guy's living it up. Yeah, he'd yeah, been yeah, yeah. like, "Hey, can I borrow the courthouse for a little bit?" Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, it's three cots. You know, yeah. Um, so anyway, they were. They had a miserable time. It snowed like 16 inches. They uh, they were camped under a tarp about a foot and a half high with a little fire. That's oh, it. shit. But for food, <laughs> what I did Sounds was horrible. I took the Ova Ease eggs. Yep, yeah, those are good. And I took the uh, pre-cooked bacon. Mm-hmm. And I took four tortillas. And I took a tiny little titanium skillet and a little bit of cheese and a little bit of aluminum foil. And as soon as we got our camp set up, I made the eggs, and I made myself four or five breakfast burritos or breakfast tacos, big ones though, and I wrapped them in the aluminum foil. And so I had them there already made. So I now got bacon, egg, cheese, breakfast tacos. But they're about this big around. They weren't the little ones, right? Uh-huh. Um,
1: a proper, a proper. You get it from a, yeah. a Mexican restaurant in the morning. Kind of yeah, size, yeah. You get it from a Mex American.
2: Yeah, Mexican yeah. Mexican yeah.
0: Restaurant. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so well, I'm talking I was probably. And I had actually calculated the whole thing, and it literally was only like four ounces more than carrying five packets of oatmeal. Yeah, It, it was like not much added weight. It literally was in the tortillas for the most part. Um, so I had those, and I would take in the morning and either stick one of them just in my jacket so it would warm up like I'd roll out of the rack, and we'd go hunting, and I would just stick this in my jacket and it'd warm up during the day, and I'd eat it when I was hungry. The other thing I did a couple days, like Nathan would start a fire, started a fire a couple mornings, um, just throw it on the wood stove in the what morning you mean
1: in the aluminum foil.
0: Yeah, in the aluminum foil, and it basically cooked it, almost crisped it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was living large. I mean, Nathan and I were coming out of this courthouse. The courthouse is steaming. It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it it's smells like, a, it, smells like it, bacon, egg, yeah, so it smells like bacon, egg, and cheese. It Smells like bacon, egg, and cheese. It's twenty degrees out. We're like hanging our clothes on a clothesline, shirtless, because we're. Escaping the heat of the tent, you know. Meanwhile, <laughs> this guy with his wife, girlfriend, and daughter um, <laughs> we're, we're making this story really bad now. <laughs> wife, um, girlfriend, yeah, and daughter, yeah, Jesus. He is free, they're all freezing their ass off under this little tarp with a little outside, um, you know, with a little outside fire. And we ran into him a few days later and the ladies were not happy.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: and, uh, no, because well, I remember hiking down because we, the, here's another good point to just touch on real quick. No matter what shelter you have, if there's going to be a big ass snowstorm, take it down. Save a few bucks and yeah. got in, your, in your wallet, you know? Yeah. You, something's going to break. Something's going to fail. If it snows 16 inches of wet snow on your tent, something is going to fail, right? Which yeah. is why we went up there to go get your camp because I think, what, Nathan had gotten an elk and a deer?
0: You got no. Yeah, you got no. He didn't have a deer tank. And
1: so so we went up there to pack it out, but it was like big, giant, like you aren't getting back in the mountains, storm coming. Yeah. And we were like, We gotta rip down we gotta rip down the tank. Yeah. Well
2: this guy had a good strategy though, right? Because his his uh wife and his girlfriend or his wife and his daughter, they were probably <laughs> pestered or all three of them we probably pestering him, being like, "Hey, I want to come hunting with you, right?" <laughs> and he was just like, he
0: said,
3: "All right, let's do this <laughs>
1: yeah, thing. Yeah. Let's do it." Here, here is the worst strategy: Walmart tarp yeah. fire. And
0: Nathan yep. and I were like, we were like, man, it's almost like hard coming out of our tent because we feel like we're cheating, we're and guilty, and, and those women are over there like their teeth chattering, yeah, <laughs> oh. you know, and suffering. And Nathan and I are like. Wow, it's wow. warm in this tent. Yeah, Jeez. I need to. I need to get a little bit of cool air. Yeah. Let's do some hot cold therapy, you know. <laughs> before we get this sauna going again, yeah. Yeah. you know, pour me some more scotch. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's kind of. It's that's a funny thing, isn't it? It's just like, I, maybe maybe we're all masochists deep down. Yeah. You know, I know myself. I am a masochist. I like just going out on something and being like, I don't know how I survived, but there is like a. Fun aspect to winter camping. In the aspect, yes, it, it is some slight amount of masochism, but it's you can be so comfy and yeah, so happy, yeah. and it, there's something nice about. And you just comfy. you just know you're like you're like I'm carrying all this stuff. Why don't I bring uh, some burrito Stuff. Exactly. You know what I mean. Yeah. Well,
0: sometimes it's like the misery beating the misery is the fun that's yeah, yeah. yeah. it's
2: like you being know? comfortable in like all this misery yeah around like you like, want
0: oh, to you fucking awesome. i love nature but sometimes you want to just flip at the bird and be like oh, yeah. aha i won
1: yeah you I know? Think that, that's that is why i love extreme weather yeah. when you have this crazy like um that that year when we had that simmer on in dcf we had that wind where it was like oh if yeah. we stay in this camp we're probably gonna die we're yeah. probably going to have a widow maker tree yeah. come and well, take us and, out.
0: And, and we were camped amongst basically all. All dead trees. All dead kill. Yeah. kill. And,
1: yeah. and, but that week we didn't, I think we ran the stove one night hardly. Yeah. You know, it was just like, yeah. we brought it up here. We might as well use it for a second, you know? But then literally, what is that? A week, week and a half later at the yeah. most, you guys are, there's a giant storm coming in. It's 10 degrees. Like, yeah. Insane, you know, it's it, it yeah. gets extreme up there, and it's there's something fun about like beating it, you oh, know yeah. what I mean, yeah. and just being hardcore, yeah, yeah, yeah. extreme, being
2: extreme, yeah, sometimes well,
0: misery is the point, yeah, it is, yeah. exactly, yeah. masochism,
2: yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else to add here? I think we've. Pretty much covered all the. If all the you have big tips, tricks,
0: questions, send them to uh, Seek Outside Podcast at Seek Outside
2: Podcast at Seek Outside. At and Instagram.
1: If, if you have any hilarious stories or creature comforts, also send them to Podcast at yep. Seek Outside. We will, hot
2: tips. Hot, any hot tips. tips on on if you got a piece of gear that like you use in a different way. Always love to hear that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Right on. Cool. Well.
1: Peace.